You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here, ready to go. We've been chopping it up. First hour of the show. Who had the worst loss over the weekend? I'd still maintain Dallas against Denver, although the Buffalo Bills are leading the poll question right now. That loss against Jacksonville. I guess I wasn't surprised at that, but I was really surprised at Denver going to Dallas and manhandling them. McLevin, let's change it up. How about who had the best win this past weekend? Best win? Yeah. Okay, so who are the options? Well, I think the Cardinals, without their two top players, going to San Francisco and winning, that's big. Because that might have been one where we said, well, they're on the road. You got Colt McCoy as the quarterback. Don't have DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know if they had A.J. Green uh, as well, and they go to San Francisco and win that game. So that it's, it's, it's not going to win the poll question. Um, I guess Jacksonville or Denver is probably going to win the poll question for best win. By the way, since the incident in the Columbus bar, Jags are 2-2. Two and two. <laughs> Got his mojo back. Uh, Denver loses Von Miller to the Rams. Doesn't play for the Rams. Rams lose to the Titans. You can say the Titans win without Derrick Henry going to L.A. and beating a Rams team. That's a big win. Yeah, McLovin? I, I think the Browns fans are the happiest fans. That's a big win as well. Without, I think that they think that they put it in OBJ's face that they won. I would say they probably did. And the media, Baker Mayfield spreading the wealth there, completed 14 passes, and I think uh, to eight different receivers, spreading it around. It always helps when you have Nick Chubb. As far as underrated players in the NFL, Nick Chubb. Uh, any other teams, McLevin, you want to put on there? Uh, how about Miami Dolphins with a huge win over the Texans? Because I know you watched so much of that one on Sunday. I didn't even know they played. It was. I think the score was seventeen nine. Yeah, I. I don't. I until you said that, I didn't know they played. There was. I swear, only one third of the stadium was filled in Miami. Yeah, it was a terrible game. Uh, Atlanta pulling one out over the Saints. Is that anything? Anything to be excited about in Atlanta? Well, I thought the Falcons were going to win just because this rivalry. It usually is the the road team wins. I wasn't surprised. It's a bad loss for the Saints because you just had a really good win. You're trying to keep pace with the Buccaneers. Buccaneers idle, and you lose that game. Last seconds. You know, you got the Steelers tonight against the Chicago Bears. They won three in a row. They start out one and three. Now all of a sudden, you know, could they be five and three? Then all of a sudden it's, uh, all right, they are maybe going to be in the playoff mix here. Yeah, McLevin. I saw the over-under for that game. 38 and a half. Ooh. Ugh. <sighs> All right. Well, so it won't be uh, an aerial display Like there. an 18? Did you see a, a crooked score in here? What's it? You oh, got a yeah, prediction? you could. Yeah, you could. Um, 19-13? Something like that? Yeah, Paul. Yeah, that, that shows what they think of the Bears offense because the, the over-under is 39, but Pittsburgh's given seven points. That means they expect the Bears to score like 13 and a half. Yeah. Right on point. Unlock the truth in the new Peacock original drama. Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol. Harvard symbologist Robert Langdon must solve a series of deadly puzzles to stop a global conspiracy. Stream every action-packed uh, moment now, only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up. By the way, on this day, 1971, my life changed. 
Led Zeppelin released their untitled fourth studio album, known as Zeppelin Four, considered one of the greatest albums of all time, certified platinum 23 times, sold 37 million copies worldwide. Or as Todd likes to call them, the Zeppelins. The Zeppelins. Yeah. So you're going to jump on that bandwagon now? You're a little late <laughs> yes, for that. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I know. I am a front runner. Yes. So weak. Yes, Paul. Is that the greatest album of your lifetime? No. Longevity, impact. I don't like Stairway to Heaven. And that's the signature song on Zeppelin 4. Do you have an album where you're like, oh, and it could be even by an artist that's not your favorite, but that album stood out? No. I have too many of them. Yeah. And your wife gave them away, right? No, I sold them. Oh. Yes. I sold them. I had 1,500 albums, and I didn't have any space in our one-bedroom apartment. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to make room for her shoes and her clothes, and I'm going to sell all the albums. (laughs) I still, I listen to Zeppelin, and I don't listen for Robert Plant or Jimmy Page. I listen for John Bonham because the the drums are so powerful. I, I remember at Howard Stern's birthday party, and I met Dave Grohl. And I said, hey, I just want to thank you for your ability to, you know, as a drummer. And he pulls up his sleeve and on his forearm, he's got the uh, Zeppelin four uh, symbols on it. I said, all right, I respect that. And then I showed him my tats as well. And it just wasn't the same, (laughs) especially when I pulled down my pants and showed that, you know, that little flower that I have right there. Yes, McLovin. Was he one of those hard-partying early 70s, late 60s uh, drummers like Keith Moon? Like, Was Bonham the wild one? How did he fit into the band? Well, he killed himself drinking. Respect. Like, Oh, right. Actually, I didn't didn't remember that. Yes. Yes. Yes, Seton. His son would tell a story, John Bonham's son would tell a story about like the kind of guy that his father was and that he had one time gone into a Rolls-Royce dealership and was looking at to, to buy him. And they were really dismissive of him just based on the way that he looked. And so he goes in, he did something like he bought the car, drove it through the window, and then was like, eh, I'll take two actually, and then <laughs> left. Like that he was just like an absolute wild man. Well, Keith Moon scared people who were wild. The Who drummer. He he actually I remember uh Charlie Watts would talk about Keith Moon. He goes, Oh my god. Like he as soon as you said his name, it was like people started to get nervous as if he was coming back to life. But, you know, John Bonham, I you know, he ended up choking on his own vomit because he had drank so much during an afternoon. And uh but the way he played I mean his Nickname was Bonzo. I mean, he he was just he was a different style of drummer there. Yeah, Paul. According to the report about John Bonham, the morning that, the day that he died, he went out to breakfast before rehearsal and drank four quadruple vodka screwdrivers, which is a total of sixteen shots of vodka. That was breakfast. Yeah, and then the rest of the day happened. Yeah, yeah, McLovin. I watched this documentary on drummers recently, and it's interesting. I think you'll appreciate this. They said there was a period where the Beatles were the greatest rock band, then the Rolling Stones, and then Led Zeppelin was the greatest rock band. It was like a handoff from the three bands because the Beatles retired. I just never thought the Beatles were a rock and roll band. I thought that I think the Stones are the greatest rock and roll band of all time. But I love Zeppelin. Are they in the discussion? Oh, sure. But I, I mean, look at what the Stones have done. I mean, that longevity, 
that that can't be dismissed. You know, the Who, great rock and roll band. There are a lot of great rock and roll bands, but it feels like the Stones stand alone. Beatles, to me, were just, they were on their own, you know, level. Like, they, they, to me, could be anything you wanted them to be. I didn't look them at them as just a rock and roll band. And it's weird, you know, when you think of rock and roll bands and Zeppelin's greatest song is Stairway to Heaven, which does have rock and roll in it. It's a what you would call a power ballad. <laughs> and, and, and so whenever you'd have, like, Guns N' Roses, like all these hardcore rock and roll bands, they'd always have the soft ballad in there. And I don't know if that was an homage to Led Zeppelin with Stairway to Heaven, but it always felt like, hey, we're a rock and roll band, but we can be sensitive as well. Yes, or Paulie. Those are some of the biggest hits for those bands, though. You know, like yeah. these bands like, uh, is it Poison? Yeah. Every Rose has, is that, Every Rose yeah. has Thorn? Um, Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue is one of the most successful songs. Yeah. That was the formula. You have like, you come out with like the big rocker to get everybody fired up, and then your next single is the power ballad. Mm. That's, they all followed it in the 80s. What was Guns N' Roses? Power? Sweet child of mine. Oh, yeah. November rain. November rain. November oh, rain. Yeah. Oh, good yeah. song. Yeah. But none of them nerded out with the tales of Mordor and the Lord of Rings stuff that uh, Zeppelin did. See, that's that's <laughs> the only bummer. I maintain Zeppelin could play great music. They didn't write great music. You know, when you got Tolkien in there, and it's just that's that was above my uh, my, my pay grade in school. But you rather have Motley Crue lyrics no, than like about like, Tolkien? No, I'm not Motley Crue fan. Girls, girls, girls. That's deeper than it appears. No, because <laughs> there's more to it than just the girls, girls. They went third girls. Yeah, I just thought Motley Crue, like a lot of those bands, I just thought they were posers. Wow, wow. I did. It's not fair. I I told you I'm an elitist. Kickstart my heart by Motley Crue. I'm an elitist when it comes to bands out of the, the uh, late 60s and 70s. Although the 60s is great music. 70s, I had some bad music. I did. As much as I'd love to claim the 70s, mm-mm. 60s, that was awesome. All righty. As you can tell, we are already in progress here on this program. First time the Packers have been shut out through the first three quarters since 2018. Regular season finale at Detroit. When they lost 31 nothing. Aaron Rodgers left that game early with a concussion. We have uh, thrown out a couple of topics here with uh, the Cowboys losing at home. I wasn't surprised the Raiders lost, given everything they're going through. And I, I do think the Giants can be good at times. The Jags, uh, the Rams losing at home, that was a big surprise. We talked about Jordan Love. I didn't expect anything out of Jordan Love. And I basically didn't get anything out of Jordan Love. But I did expect a whole lot more out of Kansas City. And that will be the story that will be lost in that game. Bears at the Steelers coming up tonight. Something funny happened before Sunday's games. A few NFL players were wearing free Odell t-shirts during warm-ups. Never mind that the Browns set him free already. And he'll either be picked up on waivers or go to free agency. But on Sunday, the Browns were the ones who looked like they had a new sense of freedom. They beat the Bengals in convincing style. I have no idea if Beckham's absence had anything to do with the blowout. I feel like they're better without him. Cleveland didn't really need that much help from their receivers. It was clear that Beckham wasn't gelling with the offense. And this is a run-first team. The defense played well, had the pick six against Joe Burrow. But, uh, you know, when Kareem Hunt comes back with Nick Chubb, you know, Cleveland maybe hitting the reset button has to feel good about that as they start the post Odell Beckham Jr. era. And also, I mentioned this in the first hour. I'll just remind the audience 
that if you do pick up Odell Beckham, the Cleveland Browns did get rid of the final two years on his contract, which means he'll be a free agent in March. If somebody is picking him up this week, that team will then probably sign him to a long-term contract. Or Beckham is probably going to ask for that. Unless he wants true, true free agency coming up in March. Yeah, McLevin. Do you think he'll clear waivers? Like, actually, the question is, do you think any bad team would have the guts to try and add him? Like, say, I heard Miami and the Eagles were rumored at one point. I would expect Miami, too, because that might be a place that he would want to go. But... I have no idea. I mean, they're, they, they kick the tires on Deshaun Watson. They're trying to get players that people will come out and see. Because that fan base, if you want to call it that, is not interested in the Dolphins. Not at all. And Deshaun Watson, that's why they went in hard to try to get him. If you go after Odell Beckham, uh, you know the Seahawks, the Saints, I could see both of those teams. But I don't know if another team that thinks they're better than what they are it, like, are the Raiders going to go after him with they just uh, signed Deshaun Jackson? So I don't think they are because they picked up Deshaun Jackson, but I'm not sure. I think that'll be interesting to see who takes him and does he want to stay there? Yeah, Paul. I, I was thinking, you know, the Raiders, why not go all in? You, you already took one guy who's got a lot of upside deep threat and is a rental. Yeah. Pure rental. Yeah. All right, best and worst of the weekend. We'll get to your phone calls coming up. We'll take a break here. And uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Did talk a little college football. Alabama struggled with LSU. Michigan State falls. Ohio State struggled. Uh, Wake Forest loss. You also had Cincinnati struggling at home. This is how it works. You know, as much as you think you've got an idea of the Final Four and things get shook up a little bit here, but... It feels like it still comes down to Alabama. If Alabama and Georgia played on a neutral site like Atlanta in the SEC title game, who's favored in that game? And it does feel like Alabama might still be favored by one or two. Yeah, McLevin. Is that just because we can't let go of what we've seen in the past? Yes. Yeah. And I don't think we're sold on Georgia's offense, but that defense is wonderful. Alabama's got a, a great defensive player as well. Yeah, McClellan. I was going to ask, what was the worst win of the weekend with Alabama, Cincinnati, and the Chiefs as my three options? Cincinnati Bearcats. Sorry. Oh, Ohio State, too. Ohio State, too. Right. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more phone calls. It's uh, 15 after the hour on this Monday. Dan Patrick Show. Aging makes it tough to lose weight, keep it off. And that's why I want to tell you about M-Drive's new product. Brand new. M-Drive Lean. A powerful protein supplement for driven guys who want to lose weight, look good, and perform at their best, no matter what their age is. M-Drive Lean, first of its kind, protein powder formulated with Morisil. And I found out it's a clinically tested blood orange extract that supports reduction in weight, waist size, and body mass. It's weight loss backed by real science to help fuel your daily drive. Go to mdrivedan.com. Try it for yourself. They offer free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. It's not easy to lose weight as you get older. Visit mdrivedan.com and try mdrive lean. Shed the extra pounds. Feel good and perform at your very best. mdrive, mdrivedan.com. Lose weight, feel good. mdrive lean. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. Refind your prime with mdrive. 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Give you our best and worst of the weekend. Make sure you check out the DP Show store. Bunch of new t-shirts there, a tailgate bundle, pennies, bang biscuits. Now we have jerky there for your puppy. Get a jump on your holiday shopping at danpatrick.com. If you are signed up for the newsletter, you will have first uh, dibs on the calendar when we make that available. It'll be uh, coming up here probably by the end of the week. We'll be able to uh, have you place your orders for the calendars so you get it in time for the holiday season. The uh, Florida Gators have fired their defensive coordinator, Todd Grantham, and their offensive line coach as well. Florida coach Dan Mullen, on the heels of three consecutive losses, has uh, fired uh, both offensive line coach and his defensive coordinator. They uh, lost to South Carolina, the Gators' most lopsided loss to the Gamecocks in school history. Ouch. Best and worst of the weekend. Let's go around the room. I'll start back left with Todd Fritz. Fritzy? Uh, Broncos would be obvious, so I went off the board. Friday night in Milwaukee, the New York Knickerbockers beat the NBA champion Bucks 113-98. Julius Randle, 32 points, 12 boards, 4 assists, and Knicks go wins the Breeders' Cup Classic on Saturday. So good Knicks all around. I like that. Well done, Todd. And the worst of the weekend. For the second straight year, Wake Forest blows a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter to the Tar Heels. The Demon Deacons waste a 398-yard, five-passing touchdown effort from quarterback Sam Hartman. He also ran for 78 yards and two more touchdowns, and they still lost. Uh, McLevin? Can I just follow off, Todd? Did the Knicks get blown out yesterday by the Cavs? And he was texting us about yeah, it? Yeah, well, we can't worry about that. But Friday night against the champs. Yes, and then, <laughs> but I also want to go with Wake Forest. So I finally tuned into Wake Forest. Wait a minute. But one of the reasons why the Knicks lost was because of this. Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio, he's been the maestro tonight. On the left-hand dribble, works left wing, fakes a three. Now he'll shoot it. And he's got another one. Ricky now has a career-high 37 points and eight threes in a game. Yeah, Ricky Rubio. That Ricky Rubio. Yes, 37 points leading the Cavs over the Knicks. All right, continue, McLovin. I'm going to jump on Wake Forest as the worst because you know how defense is either you rush the quarterback or you cover everybody. Mm -hmm. Wake Forest did not rush Sam Howell once. He had three guys, and everybody was wide open. So where were the other eight guys for Wake Forest? What were they doing? What were they doing, Dan? Probably studying. My best, yeah, that's a good point. My best is I binge-watched Narcos Mexico Season 3. Uh, I'm a huge Narcos fan. I suggest you try. I don't think you've done Narcos yet. No, I've not. It's really well shot. It's a really interesting thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of El Chapo. Okay. Seton O'Connor, best and worst of the weekend. My worst of the weekend, Jaguars kicker Matthew Wright, or Matthew Left, as they're calling him now. (laughs) 42-yard field goal. uh, Hits the left upright, no good, but then there's a false start. gives him another shot. So now it's a 47-yard field goal that he kicks wide left. Running into the kicker called, so then it goes back to a 42-yard field goal again, wide left again. (laughs) Man, that's unfortunate. What are the odds of his last name? Matthew Wright. And then he kicks it left, (laughs) left, left. Uh, My best of the weekend, I saw this movie called Free Guy uh, with Ryan Reynolds. Really good. Really, really clever. And the premise is? He is a, like a, he is a background like character in a video game you know like when you play like grand theft auto or something you're driving around and there's like people walking down the street and they're always walking down the street the same way he's one of those characters 
uh, in the in the game who slowly becomes to realize that he's like just a a graphic, mm. and it's uh, it's just really interesting, a really interesting concept. Okay, Paulie, best and worst. Uh, Purdue football. They don't compete for the national titles, but they always make a couple plays each year to uh, take someone down. Worst of the weekend, Stanford football, Dan. The good thing about Stanford football's game this weekend, it was played Friday night, so nobody saw it. Utah beat them 52-7. to 52-7. David Shaw should take whatever job offered in the next uh, six months because he was 4-8 and eight in 2019 with Stanford. Pac-12 really, Pac didn't really play last year. And this year, Stanford is 3-6. and six. They are unranked, they're unthreatening, and uh, not sure what's going on there. He is making $8 million a year. Yep. And they usually don't fire coaches up there as long as you're over 500. And there was nobody in the crowd. Nobody. Pretty embarrassing there. Uh, Chuck in New Jersey joins us. Hey, Chuck, best and worst of the weekend. Hey, bud. Hey. Um, I, I got to do it in reverse. My worst of the weekend was the Cowboys up until the 630 mark in the fourth quarter. Uh, 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 but my best of the weekend was Fox <laughs> shut off the Cowboys game at the 630 mark and they scored two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. But I, I got to feel bad for my buddy who was at the Cowboys game down there and had 0-0, and I texted him with 630 to go, and he could have won $1,200. Sorry, bud. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Chuck. What was the noise there in the middle? Oh, oh! Is that like if we say, uh, you know, Walter Payton or Harry Kane? Oh, or... oh. I okay. He, I thought he was having like a moment, like where he kind of couldn't remember something. Like, oh, nah, dudes, he's way in on the joke. Like way that. in. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know how that started. Do you remember? You know, when we were in the, uh, I think it started a long, long time ago because when we were in Chicago for the Radio Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. and I remember specifically a moment that I was standing at the bar with you and your brother. Yeah. And your brother dropped one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, all right, this yeah. might have some family history. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we do that a lot. <laughs> oh, boy. On the phone. Like, you'll just say something and it'll oh. be a double entendre, so I'll be with my oh. younger brother. Okay. <laughs> He'll say something. I'll go, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I probably. I, sh I don't even know why I'm asking where it came from when it probably came from me with my bro oh, brother. <laughs> Did you give me uh, your worst there, Paulie? Yes. Again, it's Stanford football. Oh, okay. That's yeah, right. Really, okay. All right. We got really all good. that. All right. Here we go. Uh, Trey in South Carolina. Hi, Trey. What's on your mind? Hi, yes, Dan. Um, I got a. I, I don't have any worse. It was a really good week slash weekend. Um, I guess it doesn't count. I'll go back to Tuesday with the Braves winning the World Series, and I think that party's still going on. <laughs> um, Saturday, my Gamecocks unexpected blowout of Florida. I knew someone was going to get fired. I guess it was the DC and offensive line coach. I'll take it. And then Sunday. Um, the Broncos blowing out the Cowboys, but the best thing that happened all weekend long was I got to marry my best friend, the most beautiful girl in the world. I want to give her a shout-out, Mrs. Hannah Tomlin. It sounds amazing. Um, can't get wait to go home to you, and uh, it, it's been a good week, Dan. 
Well, thank you, Trey. Todd, didn't you say that Hannah was a good kisser? Oh, no. Uh, that wasn't supposed to be for public knowledge. Oh. That's a little something that you know you talk about before the show. Oh. He just got married. Oh, he just got married. Can't now what's going to happen? Okay. That's going to be an awkward conversation for them. My bad. <laughs> it's going to be an awkward conversation for them. <laughs> you and Fritzy? What was this? Uh, yeah. I thought you were my soulmate. You're my only. You're my best friend. Like, you could make out with McLovin, but not Fritzy. <laughs> How does that happen? You cannot be trusted. Casey in South Carolina. Hi, Case. What's on your mind? Going, DP. Uh, I'm going to feed off a little bit of what he said with my Gamecocks blowing out Florida. Um, yeah, I, get, I got a question on you. Do you think that this win over Florida is better than when Carolina beat Georgia in Athens? That would be my best in the Ooh. question. And my worst would be the poor performance of Jordan Love. Uh, I think a lot of it was coaching, but he played against a horrible Kansas team who just could not get it together. They should have won that game. Uh, Love your show, Dan. Thank you, Case. Yeah, I'm going to put a little bit on on Jordan Love. I I don't think Matt LaFleur put him in a position to succeed. And Matt LaFleur talked about it after the loss yesterday. The amount of pressure that he took and the hits that he took and to stand in there, still deliver the ball and give us an opportunity at the end of the game. I I thought that was he showed a lot of resiliency, and I think that's a a great quality to have in a quarterback. I would love to have seen him get the ball back one more time just to see what he would do because they almost stopped and Mahomes made a great play to Tyreek Hill. But you know they're going to blitz you, run the football. Help him out a little bit. I just didn't think the plays were conducive to somebody making their first start on the road in a tough place like Kansas City. But I still, the bigger takeaway is the Chiefs. The Chiefs barely beat Green Bay with Jordan Love as the quarterback. That's my takeaway from it. I didn't expect anything out of Jordan Love, and I didn't get anything out of Jordan Love. I don't know if he's the future. You know, when Rodgers came in and and he had to sit on the bench for a couple of years, when he came in that first uh, time he came in for Favre, he played well enough for the team, Mike Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson, the then GM, to say, hey, we, we, we feel good about our future. I don't think there's anybody in the Packer organization going, hey, I saw enough. We can get rid of Aaron in the offseason. I wonder what Aaron Rodgers felt watching that game. You want Green Bay to win because bigger picture, home field advantage, all of those things. Do you want the Packers to find their future? If Jordan Love lights up Kansas City and all of a sudden they go, you know, all the stuff we go through with Aaron, maybe he's just not worth it. Because had they known if Jordan Love, well, they did know. They were going to trade him in the offseason, Rodgers. They were. I don't think there was a consensus in the building that Jordan Love was the future. And I don't think they know that. And therefore, they didn't trade Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, McLovin. Do you think Rodgers was was really rooting for the Packers to win? Isn't it human nature to sort of not want your backup to do well? It's tricky, though, because he wants to win bigger picture. He wants home field advantage that can help him win. This is all about legacy for him. He wants to win another Super Bowl. Because one more puts him into a different category. But this has been a long time. Almost a decade since he won a Super Bowl. It's like Roethlisberger. But Ben's got two. Yeah, McLovin. They should have gotten the Bucks last year. That was a chance. I mean, they were at home. Yeah, but it wasn't a true home field advantage, you know. Yep, and it was warm that day, too. Yeah, warmer. 
And Brady has spent his entire career in the cold, and it wasn't cold that day. So you don't have the home fan, home field advantage, and it was just a little bit different. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, you want the team to win because it helps you with the bigger picture. Now, he could be petty and say, hey, I want you to win, but I don't want him to play well. But I don't know what his mindset was watching that game. But I'm still waiting for people to react with the Kansas City Chiefs. Because that, to me, is more of the story. Not that Jordan Love didn't play well. It's Kansas City didn't play well. Marco in Arizona. Hey, Marco, good to talk to you, buddy. Buenos dias, Dan Patrick Show. Thank you for having me again. Um, I got a best and worst for you and, and a comment. Okay. Uh, my, my best is uh, the Cardinals looking good, man, with Colt McCoy. <laughs> I know. Still doing it, baby. I know. I know. That was a sneaky great win for you, Marco. Right, right, yeah. and and obviously my worst Cowboys uh, looked good with the red stripe, but man, it was blood in the water. Definitely, uh, hats off to Fritzy. That was my comment. I know that was a big one for you, uh, but thanks for everything, DP, and have a great start to the week, bud. All right, buddy. Thank you, Marco. Dave in Oklahoma. Hey, Dave. Best and worst of the weekend. They call me Pittsburgh, <laughs> Dave. And I'm hopeful for tonight. I think everything should go well, but uh, it's got to get better from my worst of the weekend, which was losing my shirt, my pants, my who. Uh oh. Sorry, Pittsburgh, Dave. Did you hang up? I, I think on I him? just hung up on him accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought he said something. You talk about losing his pants. And no, then... no. I think I just accidentally <laughs> hung up on him. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe he can call back. <laughs> they call me Pittsburgh. <laughs> Joe in New Jersey. Hi, Joe. What's on your mind? Joe, turn down your radio. Oh. I'm sorry, Joe from New Jersey. Hi, Joe. Love the show. Thank Listen you. every day. My best of the weekend was Kansas City squeaking out a win for me because I went from a straight bet to a teaser. And my worst of the weekend was spending $28 to get into IMAX to see the Eternals and then $26 for two popcorns and two waters. And the movie was horrendous. Worst Marvel movie ever. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. It got mixed reviews. Joe's upset. Ex- externals? McLovin? The, <laughs> the Eternals. Oh, Eternals. It's got uh, Angelina Jolie. Dan, you could have fooled me. I was going to go with you. Externals, Internals. Rob Stark's in it from Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of stars, but no, it did not get good reviews. It doesn't look very good. I, yeah, I don't watch super. And Angelina Hero. Jolie, I can already hear the accent she's going to do because she always. <laughs> Does it feel like Marvel has less of a stranglehold on American culture now than like three years ago? Like, do you hear about Marvel? Everyone's over it. Uh, I never started to be over it, but I, I don't know what is Marvel and what's not. Like, uh, they just had Black Widow come out. That was awesome. I thought that was real good. Yes, Todd. And more importantly, what? A couple of popcorns and a couple of waters, almost $30. That's outrageous. I, I expected you to talk about something other than the movie since <laughs> you have no clue about the externals? anything. I love the externals. Yeah. Did you see the internals? That, <laughs> I, was, that was the one you should have seen. I, I know. I know. But the plot twist on the internals. A little messy. Whoa. Kind of blew my mind. Yes, McLovin. Was he internals? Was that with Peter Falk and Alan Arkin back in the day? 
Well, that was the in-laws. Oh, the in-laws. Kind of an odd couple. Yeah, that's great. Another great reference. Real timely. Yeah, Paulie. I like that Ant-Man movie. I think that's the last superhero movie I saw. That was good. Is that Paul Rudd? Yeah, that was mm. snarky fun. Yeah, Which leads me to my next question. Ghostbusters, a sequel with Paul Rudd. They're showing that commercial a lot during football games. That mm. is dicey. I don't, I, don't, I don't. Comedy sequels. You always ask your comedy friends. Yeah, but how many ghosts? They've had a couple of Ghostbusters. Yeah. They had the all-female cast, Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'm not. not. I'm trying to think. Have I watched? I've been watching just series. You know, I watched The Morning Show with uh, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. Um, and no spoilers, by the way. Succession, I watched that as well. Um, I watched Halloween Kills. But I, I, don't, I haven't watched too many movies here. Yeah, McLovin. Do you get screeners still? I know of certain years you have. I got a screener yesterday. The new Adam Sandler movie, Hustle, that you have a cameo in. No, you're joking. That's up for the Oscars? No, I just got oh. it from Sandler to screen it. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, th- I was asking if you get no, Academy Awards No, screeners. no, I do. I, I get those because I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild. But I'm not saying it's not getting Oscar buzz. If, it, if Hustle wins an Oscar, does Andrew get one? No. No. Hey, what are you talking about? No, Why not? Not everybody in the movie gets one. If it wins Best Picture? No. I, maybe you could buy one, but then I would get one too. Mc, yeah. McLovin has a cameo. Uh, it's, a, it's quick, but you're in it. I did see it. Did and my line stay in there? I'm not going to be, I don't want to spoil anything. But I will say that the mo- Adam Sandler did a wonderful job with Hustle. It is really well done. I guess it comes out in holiday. I don't know. I thought they said in the spring around the March of Madness, but I'm not, I'm oh, not sure. Oh, exactly. that late? Actually, I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. I just shot like six weeks ago. It can't possibly. Well, yeah. it's, it's pretty much finished with what I saw. It's, A lot of NBA cameos, right? It's really well done. You know who is awesome? Uh, Anthony Edwards of the Timberwolves. Yeah. He's great. As an actor or a ball player? As, well, obviously both. Uh, as a ball player, yeah. But as an actor. And then uh, the uh, lead guy. Hernan Gomez. He is, you would not, people are going to go, wait, is he a basketball player? He is really good as an actor in the movie. Really good. Juan Hernan Gomez with the Celtics. Yes. Yeah. He, he is good. He is good. Uh, Robert Duvall's in it, but uh, Sandman... Queen Latifah's in it. I got to see the whole thing yesterday. Yeah, Paul. Dan, you should offer to buy McLovin's Oscar if the film wins Best Picture. I think that's fair. If they, if if it wins Best Picture, wait. How about the back row spend some money for a change? By the way, my money's safe. By the way, if Hoosiers <laughs> did not win an Oscar, I'm not sure this is the sports movie that breaks through to win no, an Oscar. It, this won't be. But but it's well done. It's I love the way it's shot. Uh, a lot of cameos and. Um, it's good. Really well done. But uh, I, I can't confirm or deny McLovin's appearance here. Ooh. Yes, Seton. Is McLovin likely to get more roles offered to him based off this cameo? No. He won't get less, but he won't get more. I won't get less. No, he won't get less. So they didn't highlight like his versatility as an actor or anything? No. Okay. No. Did the, did the subtle British accent come out? Was that <laughs> It was faint. But like it was there. Might have been might have been educated at Oxford. You don't know. Ooh, Mysterious guy. More Cambridge than Oxford. 
Uh, we'll take a break. More uh, phone calls coming up. Best and worst of the weekend right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday night. It'll be Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs going to Las Vegas to battle Derek Carr and the Raiders. AFC West showdown Sunday at 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. LeBron James has been sidelined with an abdominal strain. And I like how they were saying, well, he'll be out a week. You don't get an abdominal strain and you're out a week. It looks like it's going to be longer than that. Uh, Bill Oram of The Athletic says that, uh, you know, this could be four to eight weeks, which sounds a little bit more accurate here. But uh, again, it's LeBron, uh, but the, the abdominal strain is not a one-week uh, injury there. Uh, did you see Bill Belichick with his pregame outfit when he walked in? <laughs> I don't know exactly what it was, but it was an entrance by Belichick. Yeah, Paul. I didn't understand. Was it a gray sweatshirt on top of a, a blue sweatshirt on top of blue sweatpants? Well, he didn't have the sweatpants go all the way to his shoes. <laughs> that it. It looked like he was wading into the water and didn't want to get his pants wet. He might have been half-dressed, but uh, Belichick walked in, and I went, wow, now that's a statement. Don't know what kind of statement, but that's a statement. Yeah, McClub. The bottom half of his sweatshirt is blue, and it melds perfectly into his pants, so it looks like he's wearing some sort of sweat outfit. Yeah. There was also a moment where uh, Mac Jones, on a turnover, grabs... Brian Burns leg after a strip sack and Burns got hurt and twisted his ankle. Belichick said that uh, I thought that uh, Mac Jones thought Burns had the ball when asked what he saw from that play. But uh, I, I guess uh, Carolina very upset at uh, Mac Jones, any dirty play here. I don't think he intentionally tried to hurt him. I think he intentionally tried to prevent him from running with what he thought was the football on the strip sack. But, you know, the NFL might find Mac Jones here. Yeah, uh, uh, Seton. That's like uh, my mom. Yeah, Sean, Pat, David. Uh, yeah. Um, he, it, when you look at it, it looks dirty as hell. Yeah. But then, you know, does he think that maybe the guy has the ball and he's just trying to tackle him? I, yeah, I guess. It seems like a reasonable explanation. You would think that Sam Darnold getting out of New York, that he wouldn't be throwing interceptions to the Patriots, but he still is. I think he's thrown nine career interceptions to the Patriots. Yeah, McLovin. Patriots have beat up some pretty bad teams. I'm just saying, like, I'm looking, I'm looking at their schedule. They beat the Panthers, the Chargers, the Jets, the Texans, and the Jets. They have Cleveland, Atlanta, Tennessee, and Buffalo coming up. Okay. We're going to find out but, some things. Okay, but what happened to Buffalo? They lost to Jacksonville. Yeah, do you think the Patriots could catch the Bills? Because I think they might. They're half a game back. But, but you can't sit here and go, yeah, they haven't played anybody. Buffalo played Jacksonville and didn't, didn't beat Jacksonville. Like, each week. 
You know, you go, how does that happen? you got to win these games, these ugly games, the games you're supposed to win. You have to win those. You can't go, oh, we're not playing somebody that's that good. Yeah, that's when you, they, you know, sneak up and beat you. Yeah, Paul. And the Patriots and their losses, they lost to Tampa Bay by two. They lost to Dallas in overtime. So, you know, th- th- those could have been. But, yeah, they haven't had the toughest, the best wins. They lost to Miami, too. Nick, yeah, but that was on a fumble. And they beat, they came back to beat the Texans. And okay, back. all right. I don't think anybody's great this year. Like, who's great in the AFC? If anybody, the Titans are. The Titans have been great in the last month. When you beat the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and Rams in four-week span, the Titans have had the most impressive run so far. But I don't think anybody's going there, the team to beat in the AFC. Nick Chubb is on a pace to finish the season with 5,000-plus career rushing yards. He is averaging 5.3 yards per carry for his career. In NFL history, there has been one running back that had 5,000 yards rushing first four seasons and averaged over five yards per carry. Jim Brown and Nick Chubb is on pace to get to 5,000. He's not there. There's only one running back with 5,000 yards in the first four seasons, averaging over five yards per carry. Jim Brown and Nick Chubb is set to join that. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. I would have thought that Barry Sanders would be on that list. Who else is on that, or at least close on that list? Yeah, there's a bunch of running backs, Dan, who had five or 6,000 yards in their first four seasons and averaged like 4.8, 4.7 yards a carry. Guys like Adrian Peterson, Terrell Davis, Barry Sanders, Chris Johnson, Eric Dickerson, even Clinton Portis is up there. Mm. Great hot starts. Do you believe that Adrian Peterson was going to be on Dancing with the Stars and then that he was like weighing, do I want to do dancing? Well, why would you have Adrian Peterson on Dancing with the Stars? Given his background. Like why? It's not a feel-good story. I mean, what kind of eyeballs are you getting? I know that athletes go on there and do well, but Adrian Peterson? Didn't understand that. But joined the Titans, scored a touchdown last night. You know, good for him. Got a chance for, you know, playoff money here. Filling in for Derrick Henry, but I, I was like, Dancing with the Stars? I don't know who's going, you know who I'd really like to see on Dancing with the Stars? Yeah, Paul. He also looks very weird wearing number eight, Adrian Peterson. It's very yeah. hard to digest. He doesn't look tough. Maybe it's Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. There you go. Thank there you, you go. Todd. Nice. Todd. Todd gave me numerology over the weekend that he stole from Vin Scully. He's like, hey, how about this numerology? There was something fascinating about 44 and Hank Aaron and 44 wins before and after the All-Star break or something. It's like a bunch of 44s. Yeah, they had 44 wins prior to the All-Star break, 44 wins after the All-Star break, and they, of course, had Hank Aaron, who wore number 44. It's fabulous stuff right I, there. I know, but if Vin was delivering it, it would sound a lot better than you. <laughs> Much better. I know. Not even close. Todd goes, you know, I'm into numerology, and then he started, I go, yeah, Vin Scully said that last week. He did? Yes. He tweeted. <laughs> Vince Scully tweeting. You got to love that. I know. 
All right, final hour coming up. More phone calls. Best and worst of the weekend. 877-3DP-SHOW. Twitter handle at DP-SHOW. Carson Palmer will join us. Recap what we saw yesterday. Bears, Steelers coming up tonight. Two hours in the books. One more to go. Seton Pauly, Fritzie McLovin, yours truly. Also update the poll results. Coming up, final hour on this Monday, Dan Patrick Show. One more item. We close that hour two. Daylight savings time has come and gone, which means an extra hour of sleep for everyone. A great time to think about how much overall sleep means to you and how much you're getting. Sleep Number has done the research. Sleep IQ sleepers sleep the longest on this night of the whole year, almost 45 minutes more than usual. I love it. You should see the Danettes come in here on Monday after the clocks change. Todd jokes are a little funnier. Mm, are they? Paulie doesn't care that the Bears probably aren't any good. Nope. Boyish good looks are a little more boyish and doesn't bother us when McLovin talks about analytics. It's all about getting a great night's sleep. My sleep number setting is 75. Right now, during the Veterans Day sale, save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments are required. See sleepnumber.com slash Patrick for details. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. 